Hello everyone, this is Dr. Olga Petrena from New York. I'm reporting from the Euler meeting 2017 here in Madrid. I'm in a poster hall and there are a lot of great posters here again. Uh, one of the posters is 0502, which is a, a pooled analysis from four different still studies uh, around the world. Uh, in the study, over 300 patients with still disease were divided in three groups, pediatric stills, adolescent stills, and adult onset stills disease. And the study showed that in all three groups, patients uh, showed great response at day 15 with over 50% uh, improvement in ACR 70 scores um, in adults as well as in pediatric groups. And the study concluded that patients with adult stills respond as well as pediatric patients to a four milligram per kilogram dose of kenakinumab, and the efficacy and safety was comparable in all three groups. Thank you for your attention and stay tuned. Follow us in RoomNow. Hi, I'm Jack Cush, executive editor of RoomNow.com. It is Tuesday here at the ACR. We're hitting the home stretch. Another busy morning, busy day. I want to tell you about a presentation I'm going to do later this afternoon. It's going to be a clinical symposia. It's called uh, Autoinflammatory Syndromes from Bench to Bedside, or is it Bedside to Bench? Uh, it's, we're going to discuss the science of autoinflammatory syndromes with Dan Kastner doing the first presentation. Uh, and then I'll be following that up with a sort of clinical approach and therapeutics uh, and basically showing what we do really from the bedside to the bench in managing these very difficult patients with febrile disorders. I'll cover some of the autoinflammatory disorders, uh, including FMF and TRAPS and the cryopyranopathies, the CAP syndromes. Uh, but I'm going to get into mainly Stills disease, something I have a long interest in. Stills disease, as you know, is a juvenile disorder that actually has an adult continuum. And when that happens, we call it adult onset Stills disease. There are no uh, criteria or diagnostic tests. There are some proposed guidelines for diagnosing this syndrome. I like to use the CUSH criteria, uh, which says that you need two points for every major criterion. The major criterion being uh, high fever, spiking daily fevers greater than 39 degrees centigrade is number one. Number two, uh, uh, the evanescent rash, the JRA rash that comes and goes. Number three, simultaneous elevation of white count and sed rate. Number four, seronegativity. And number five, carpal ankylosis. Uh, seen in 50% of patients, but nonetheless fairly specific for uh, Stills disease. Uh, for every one major you lack, you get one point for a minor. Age of onset less than 35. Uh, prodromal sore throat. Involvement of the liver with LFT elevations or what I call RES involvement, reticular endothelial system involvement, that's hepatomegaly, splenomegaly, or generalized lymphadenopathy. Um, next would be polyarthritis. Uh, and then following that would be the development of tarsal ankylosis. Also not common, but fairly unique to this condition. Uh, the overall approach to these patients with febrile disorders really hinges on the duration of fever. Uh, in the case of Stills disease and systemic onset JIA and maybe Schnitzler syndrome, you get daily fever. It's not genetic and it can occur during adulthood. In the other disorders, it's dependent upon the duration of fever. So if you have one day of fever, you should think about FCAS, familial cold autoinflammatory fever. If you have three days of fever, you should be thinking about either Muckle-Well syndrome or familial Mediterranean fever or FMF. 
If you have uh, two weeks or more of fever, you should be thinking about trap syndrome. And so two weeks, uh, most trap syndromes, it's really like two to three weeks, and then it goes into remission and it comes back. So it is the duration and then the interval. So the periodicity, uh, the height of the fever, when the fever occurs, these are all very important in make the making the diagnosis. I'll give you two more pearls about Stills disease. Number one, Stills is a quotidian disorder. It is a truly circadian disorder. The fevers occur either late in the afternoon, but usually late at night, and they occur at exactly the same time every night. The patients will look at the clock and they'll say, it's gonna come at 11 p.m. because at 10.58 they get shaking chills, then they're, and that goes on for 20 minutes, then their fever shoots up, lasts for two or three hours, and then the fever comes down, they defervesce, they sweat, they change their clothes, uh, they change the sheets, uh, and they look pretty good when you see them at 7 a.m. So a stills fever is almost never at 7 a.m. So it is that diurnal, uh, truly circadian uh, pattern that's very, very important. The second thing is, how do you follow these patients? Um, the best biomarker that I've learned from my colleagues at Baylor and at Texas Scottish Rite Hospital is aldolase. Aldolase goes up significantly in patients with active inflammatory, you often IL-1 responsive disease. Um, the CPKs are normal, but these patients do have um, elevated LFTs, they do have a lot of myalgias and whatnot, but this is largely liver-derived, liver um, and, and it goes up very high, you know, 12, 15, 35, and it'll stay up while they have active disease and come down once you've been effectively treating the patient, either with steroids, methotrexate, an IL-1 inhibitor, or an IL-6 inhibitor. Anyway, you want to know more, come to the session starting at 4.30 p.m. today. It's going to be in Hall 6C. Uh, we'll see you there. Tune into Room Now for more news and videos.